We watched Wolf Cop, right? Yes. The cop who's a wolf. No, no, I, I watched Wolf a Cop. It's a it's a Swedish film. Uh, for cop is a kind of bread, <laughs> and so it's a, it's about a sheep who starts a bakery. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of We Have Such Films to Show You. Uh, this is episode 44. We're talking about uh, low-budget uh, horror gem. I don't know if we'll agree on gem or not, actually. Movie, definitely a low-budget horror movie. The Canadian film Wolf Cop, now available on Netflix, which is why we ended up watching it. Uh, I am uh, Josh Millard, your your host who starts talking and then stops, and then suddenly Yakov has to figure out where the space is so he can introduce himself. No, keep 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 going. It'd okay. be funny if you okay. just keep going <laughs> through your work. Just power right through that. You know, I thought about that. I, I was thinking about this. This is a Canadian film. I was thinking I could, like, you know, guest host, like, Josh is out this week, and it's, like, Brian LaCroix from uh, Wheels, Ontario, because I've been watching a, a bunch of Kroll show, and uh, and that's a recurring bit is this, like, a Canadian, like, young adult uh, soap opera about a guy who goes to school at a, uh, like, mobility friendly school in Ontario where most of the kids are in wheelchairs, but he's the one kid who can walk because he got transferred schools. And so, so Nick Kroll's character is this uh, guy who, uh, yeah, it's just this super polite kid in this super polite Canadian school where everything that's, you would normally turn into confrontation uh, turns out to just everybody being super polite and tolerant and saying pardon uh, all the time. Uh, so it could have been like, you know, you're, you're welcome back to, uh, uh, Please watch this film if 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 you so choose. You know I'm Brian Lacroix and and so on from there. You know, and I'm Drake from Degrassi. <laughs> was he on that? Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I, I think he played the kid in the wheelchair. Oh, really? Yeah. I I, I know I know that Degrassi exists, but I, I I don't think I've ever seen any of it. Uh, I, I just demonstrated to you the extent of my Degrassi okay, knowledge. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, okay, this movie. <laughs> this is... Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. I, I'm glad I watched this movie. I, I was prepared. I, I was just, like, sitting down. I was prepared to, like, severely dislike this movie for for no reason that I can think of. And I was... I, I am mad at how much I like this movie. See, I, I, I don't think I liked it enough to be potentially mad. Like... Here's here's the thing. I'm glad I watched it because it was it was a fun, goofy. This this is this is absolutely a movie made by enthusiastic amateurs. Yeah. Like yeah. and 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 everything that is bad and everything that is good about the movie basically comes down to that same central fact. And, and I think if I had had this pitched to me by someone who saw it and then thought it was fantastic but didn't think to frame it in those terms, I could have actually been annoyed. Like if I went in with someone like, "No, it's a," you'd be surprised what a solid job they did with it. And I was like, oh, "Okay," and then watched this. I would have been like. That this thing's all over the fucking map. They, yeah, what the yeah, fuck? It, it's it's a mess. But uh, but instead, I had a friend who was like, you know, I sat down and watched Wolf Cop, and it wasn't terrible. And oh my gosh, that one transformation scene. And so that was that was my sort of like you know going in, and that was just about right because then I was like, yeah, it's a mess, but it's that's a funny, well loved mess. The- First movie we did that has a uh, thematic hip hop song playing over the credits. I think it might be. I mean, we we Hellraiser three obviously had uh, you oh, know yeah. Motorhead doing 
Hellraiser, but uh, but but not hip hop. I think this is the first hip hop, and that's that's one thing that I'm never going to manage to put the parody title on because the I am the saddest person in the world to listen, try, and even sort of, you know, you, you know how you can get like you know, you've got rapping, and then you've got white people rapping, and you've got you know. There are legitimately good white rappers, but then there's also lots of, you know, bad white rappers, and then there's the ironic white rapping, and then there's like the comedians who are talented doing a funny job of a bit of white rapping badly. Like they can really make it funny to listen to someone rap badly. I no, I, I would just sound like someone actually legitimately badly rapping and then dressing it up in a thin veneer of vaguely offensive irony to cover for the fact that the whole thing was so uncomfortable for everybody. Um, so I don't really do that. Yeah. I, uh, so we're, we're not getting an opening. Yeah, uh, we're not. We're not. There, there will not have been a uh, hip hop uh, parody opening song to this episode. Uh, we'll just stick with uh, with with Coil. Still not coil. <laughs> Whoever. Still not coil. God damn it. Giza. Giza. I yes, can't. Yeah. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Thank you. God damn it. It will never. Like, it's. We've only done like 44 episodes of this now. Uh, well, technically 42, because you had. Uh, you, we So far, we have had two uh, intros. Original, true. 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 Uh, intros by you. True. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Maybe I'll make one at some point, but maybe. I am completely musically inept, so... Uh, I, that shouldn't stop you. I think you should go for it anyway. I can draw a picture and describe it. Do do like a tuneless humming sort of, you know, podcast <laughs> intro song. Uh, <laughs> I'll do an industrial noise one, and you it'll just be Merzbo played backwards, and I'll claim it's my own. Nice, nice. I, okay, so the, this film, what I, I, I think it speaks to the nature of my feelings about the film, that... Uh, we're like, you know, nine minutes in or something and I haven't felt moved to jump on the, oh, but we need to talk about X thing. Cause there's a bunch of, I took a bunch of notes on this, uh, probably, probably fewer notes than I took scrawling in the dark for it follows. Scrawling um, in the dark would be a great name for something. Yeah, it would be. So, yeah. Uh, go on. But almost like 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 it follows. I I was noting down like questions I had, like questions I was genuinely interested in the answers to, or thematic notes. Like I wonder if they're going to go where with this. You know, is this a recurring theme? You know, you know, little notes about like thoughts on what might be the implications emotionally and metaphysically within the film. This this film, I almost entirely took notes, naming cute little funny things that I would probably forget if I didn't write them down. And stuff that was just so fucking wrong with the film that I felt compelled to make a note, even though making a note of everything wrong with the script in this film or the direction in this film, you know, would have been sort of an exercise in tedium because it's like, again, enthusiastic amateurs. It's you got to yeah, take it with the right spirit. Not the kind of movie that hangs together under like microscopic examination. Yeah. Uh, not even under, uh, I would say, you know, brief examination. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the kind of film that uh, you really want to experience it in the same spirit that it was probably created, which, which my take on it is this is a film that uh, probably like many other, uh, especially, you know, low-budget uh, independent efforts, started as a page full of some really cool scenes and general premise notions, and then they just sort of like, Managed to cobble the movie around. Yeah, it. They, they they draped the skeleton of a film over those things, and those things, like it, it feels like watching the movie. You can say, "Oh, that's one of those things." This is definitely one of the conversations they had in the excited first couple days of really talking about this. 
Um, and you know, a lot of those things are really fun, and and there's some fun practical effects stuff in here. This this is definitely uh, you know a film that exists in part because someone's like, yeah, I can I can totally nail this werewolf transformation sequence. Like someone wanted to do that, which I think is probably true for a lot of werewolf movies. You know, someone's like, yeah, no, we're gonna fucking make a great transformation sequence. Is what we're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're making a werewolf movie and you, and you don't have that, you don't make a werewolf movie. Yeah, it's just you know, like um, I, I guess like the 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 first like big modern one for that, like the the the, the what do you call it? Reference point for that would be like an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, or exactly. Paris. Wait, which one? Which one? London, was the good London. One? Paris London. was the shitty later one. Yeah, I saw Paris. I saw in the theater. Uh, yeah, um, I did too. And oh god, let's let's yeah. never let's never do that one. No. Uh, but yeah, no, American Werewolf with Mullen, like, if you can't at least match that, don't make a werewolf movie, is my advice. Like, it really kind of, yeah. Like, you, you don't have to, like, do that same thing, but if you can't sort of, like, be on the level of that movie, you know, it's, like, yeah, yeah like, this is a, a relatively low-budget movie, and yet they they made it look good for what, what they were working with, um, and, and I enjoyed that, and... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of other werewolf transformation sequences that I was that I'm unhappy with, and I, I think I saw one in Twilight or one of the Twilight movies. I might have walked it. by it, and I mean, it's just like guy <laughs> just, bends over, screams a little bit, pops up, he's a wolf now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to. Do you, Do you? I, I don't watch that many. The, I mean, the, the werewolf movie is not like a, a, a as zeitgeisty as as um you know. Zombies or whatever. I feel are. like it's much more of a slope. Well, I, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's a little bit difficult to go in a whole lot of different directions with a werewolf movie, and so yeah, you don't tend to see. I, I wouldn't say the the sort of clumping that you might see with other stuff. Like you know, there's definitely has been a couple big spurts of zombie movies, uh, but people can like you know sort of write their way around a zombie movie in uh, a bigger variety of ways, I think, in part just because you've got the idea of the zombie horde is easy to have as a character. Whereas with a werewolf, the, the wolf tends to be a very personal character, so you tend to have to have a fairly specific sort of central character story tied up in all that. Like, you... you, you you, you don't you don't have werewolf movies where the central character has wildly different experiences as a werewolf. Like, it's it's always right. kind of a coming to terms with un, unwelcomed changes in, in yourself and trying to uh, find a way to either process emotionally these changes or to uh, process emotionally the violent behavior that's suddenly manifesting itself in you or, or, or things like that. You know, that's... It's kind of an unavoidable, uh, I would say, uh, central part of any werewolf story. And if you just background that entirely, then it's not a werewolf story. It's a story that happens to have a werewolf in it, which is probably one of the more difficult things to do in a non-stupid way. So, which is good because this movie does it the stupid way. It works. <laughs> yep. It's a, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is not a movie that, uh, is particularly apologetic, uh, about, uh, anything it does. Um, which 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 is good because I mean I think I, I think if the film had had doubts about what it was doing, I don't know if it actually would have been any better. It just would have been uh, maybe a little bit more drawn out, maybe a little bit more trying to make up for its weaknesses by uh, papering on a bunch of extra background and characterization and exposition. Uh, and I don't think that would have 
helped it a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the premise that he is a wolf cop, I mean, you have to do that going... You have to, like, you know, believe in that premise 100%, and everybody in the movie has to be, like, on board with that premise 100% in order for it to work, which is, you know, it's... It, nobody... It, what I One of the things I liked about this movie is that nobody doesn't believe, like, for any extended period of time, what's happening. It's just like, well, I saw a fucking wolf cop. Yep, you know, there's, that's, there's a real there's a real lack yeah. of negative reactions uh, to the whole situation, which is fine um, because yeah, it's it's okay. So here's here's my general take on the movie, and I realize uh, for, for one thing, we've talked about uh, trying to recap stuff. Uh, there's not a whole lot to recap in this movie. A drunk ends up become uh, like like a, a a depressed drunk cop, uh, Lou Garou, which is French for werewolf, basically. Um, he is a washed up drunken cop in a small town and then he gets kidnapped by cultists for some reason and gets turned into a werewolf and then it turns out that he's not some crazy ravenous werewolf running around on four legs in the woods he's a wolf cop he turns out to you know still do his job and then he takes down the reptilian cult that is responsible for turning him into werewolf in the first place because they do it every 32 years during a solar eclipse to harvest the blood of the werewolf to help them be good at uh, Illuminati reptilian Shape-shifting. stuff. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're shapeshifters and the blood of a werewolf uh, sustains them. Yep. So and they have to make a werewolf and then hunt the werewolf and then eat the werewolf's blood. Yeah, and that's 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 the whole film. Like, you, there's really no nuance to the plot beyond that, or at least no nuance that actually carries forward clearly enough to be worth mentioning. Uh, it's just that cop gets turned into wolf cop, beats bad guys who are reptiles. You don't really need to watch this movie, but it's also only like... Uh, uh, yeah, it's like 78 a minutes? 80 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, so it, it goes by pretty quickly. Uh, you know, so it's and, and it's one that you can pretty safely uh, watch while doing something else too. Probably if if you just want to sort of background it, because uh, there's a bunch of funny little things. Like it really is. I just have a page full of little things that made me you know chuckle, uh, and every single one of them could probably work almost as well as just a, a, a an animated GIF on Tumblr. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think if you maybe pull up the tag on Tumblr and just go through it for for you know a considerable period of time, you you can get maybe seventy five percent of the experience of watching this movie. Um, just you know, there's no sound. Yeah. So you could, you'd have to make the sounds in your head. There's there, there's a lot of people in this movie who have done a fair amount of work on stuff that I've never heard of. Are you talking about the actors or the crew? Uh, the the actors, the actors. I I, I don't oh, know anything yeah, about the crew. I did not so recognize any of the actors. I recognized the the the, the sheriff. You know, the older guy, whoever, oh, you know, yeah. who's always grumpy. He's a guy named Aiden Devine, who's been in a ton of stuff. Um, so like, oh, he, he was in a history of violence. Yeah, totally don't remember. But he might be like the only sort of like known ish actor. He's a bit of a that guy, and everybody else seems to do you know some amount of smaller stuff, but like not, not, not names that are probably going to be super recognized. Um, the, the whole thing had a estimated budget of a million Canadian dollars. I think because it won some sort of prize and the prize was not, well, they did an Indiegogo yeah. of some sort. Cause there's that in the credit. Uh, and that may have 
maybe that got them started or maybe they raised enough money to actually do the whole thing. I don't know exactly. I, I'd never heard any backstory on this. So I think it might be a little bit of an indie sensation sort of thing too. Technically, it's a 2014 release, but I think it sort of hit the internet once it hit Netflix, you know, uh, right. a month ago. Um, oh, yeah. They, they made it according to this random comment on some website. Um, it, the... They they won an award that got them the the roughly million dollar funding to make this movie, and I mean you know I I, I assume that sort of like you know one million dollar funding award is an investment, not like here's a million dollars, congratulations, <laughs> go shove it up your butt, see you later. Yeah, yeah um, I assume that's just like somebody became the producer and like has a has a you know share in the movie because yeah. of that. Um, but yeah, they uh, and it's all practical effects. There's there's no CGI that I noticed in this. Yeah, I didn't notice any either. Like, and, and I don't know where they would have bothered to, so it kind of makes sense. Um, and, and and again, I mean, the, the the werewolf transformation stuff. It was not the best I've ever seen, but it was obviously something that they were excited about doing. There was some fun stuff with it. Um, they they very much go for the peeling off the human skin. Uh, yeah approach in this one he sort of tears open his own back skin at some point to let his fur out uh you got a face sort of splitting in half and falling off uh, yeah somebody really liked the fly uh the the people that worked on this movie really liked the fly I yeah think. yeah i would say it's very much in that 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 sort of vein of uh skin gooping and dropping off uh so so that's nice you know it's not it's not the it's not the scariest transfer. Like that's one of the things a film. So okay, here's some theory of werewolf. This is personal theory of werewolf stuff, and we may have talked about this a little bit before because uh, we did American Werewolf in London, right? We did an episode on that uh, at some point. Not. We did not. Oh, I thought we did. Uh, maybe we should sometime. Um, maybe we just talked about it every time werewolves have come up. I, but, I uh, think that's much more likely yeah. because I mean, how can you not? So so there 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 are two there are two werewolf films that are relevant. Uh, to this discussion and any discussion of modern werewolf films. Uh, and they're from approximately the same area in, in cinematic history, time-wise. Uh, area time-wise. I talk good. Um, we've got American Werewolf in London, which uh, really, as, as you note, sort of set the bar anew for werewolf transformation sequences. If you're going to yeah. do a scary, goopy, creepy, detailed, you know, set piece transformation sequence you have to be able to point to american werewolf in london and say i can do this different or better and here's how you know for for people to look at it and and sort of feel like you came to the genre prepared you know um obviously if you're making a a film in your basement for fifty dollars you're going to not worry about that so much but you know if, if you're gonna say i'm making a werewolf film and it's got funding and you've got an effects crew that's kind of where you start um, and that was a very that was a that was a film that was often funny, but ultimately very dark. And it was very much a uh, the violence that overcomes someone with the curse of the werewolf sort of story about you know his desperate fear of what's happened to him, coupled with the empowerment that comes with this newfound power, and eventually it ends very badly with him being uh, shot to death in wolf form in an alley in London, and then turning back into a human full of bullets. Um, you know, so that's that's sort of your your your, your dark philosophical uh, overcome by your wolfiness story, and that's part of why Amer American Werewolf in Paris sucked so much is they decided to sort of 
up the goofiness a little bit and also go super redemptive with it. So it was like, yeah, there's it no like a superhero fighting a cult or something or some, like that. Well, yeah, and it was like they were doing stuff with werewolf hearts or something, and the only and it was it was a setup where like you know, the only way you could save the were like the only way you could end it was killing it, except for we figured out this way that. It turns out the people we don't want to die don't have to die after all. Anyway, American Werewolf London, my point is you've got sort of the dark, the realistic, so to speak, werewolf transformation. You know, the, the doting, gross, let's get scary transformation. And then there's another film that we have to talk about in the context of Wolf Cop specifically, uh, a little thing called Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. Uh, not Teen Wolf, the MTV series. That's its own whole mess that yeah. – uh, you know, we might get into a little bit later, but I haven't been keeping up with it at all. Uh, but Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox was uh, sort of brilliant because I think I think that film was after American Werewolf. I'm not positive, uh, um, but it was definitely I, I after. I feel like it would be hard to get that made if there wasn't like some sort of werewolf chic going around. Maybe. Well, and, so American Werewolf is 81. There's no way Teen Wolf is before 81. Yeah, I want to say like 84. Uh, um, 85. 85. Okay, so so. In any case, uh, you know, e- even if American Werewolf in London specifically hadn't happened, I think we were by '85 we were already well into the sort of renaissance of grosser, more serious monsters in movies. Like you know, Alien had come along. You know, Terminator had come out by '84. Um, there'd probably been you know there there'd been some more serious, like you know, somewhat more contemporary, trying to be stylish, you know, vampire type things. Uh, everybody's game was sort of upping and doing serious horror movies with scary, gross monsters was definitely more of a thing. And then Teen Wolf comes along and it's an unabashed, uh, you know, sort of teen comedy that decides to say werewolves. Yeah. Lon Chaney Jr. Played great werewolves. Let's, let's, let's do the best effects that, you know, 1950s B movie cinema could bring you in terms of realistic werewolf transformation. So Michael J. Fox ends up like being a very hairy teenager, you know, you know, wearing, you know, wolfy stuff. And the transformation is all about like, you know, hair growing and not so much about skin melting off in, in agonist gooping. And then a four legged creature going into the night to murder his neighbors. You know, it's about Michael J. Fox being like, uh, what the fuck is happening to me? And you know, the, the, the great setup there for the reveal of this is like, he has his first transformation one night, uh, and he's in the bathroom and it's totally a, no dad, don't come into the bathroom sort of scene where he tries to put it off. And then eventually he ends up, his dad comes in or he opens the door trepidatiously and he's convinced that he's, you know, about to be whatever disowned and, and killed for turning into werewolf. And there's, there's his dad also a werewolf. And there's just that immediately. Like, oh, and it deflates it. And from then on, the film goes on to be being about, you know, Michael J. Fox as a teen finding himself and discovering self-esteem, but also struggling with, you know, the responsibilities that come with this newfound, you know, adulthood, essentially, you know, it's, it's a werewolf movie only insofar as a werewolf is the metaphor they ended up using for their, you know, teen, uh, coming of age comedy. Um, and those are two very different films, obviously, yeah. two very different approaches to films. And I feel like the thing that's weird about Wolf Cop is that I don't think they de- they picked one. They decided to do both, and it it kind of doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it just 
it, the, the, the transformation sequences are just very, very, like, you know, torturous, like, he's, he's in pain, and, and, you know, they're very visceral, and, and, and bloody, and it's like, you know, you see, like, the destruction of the man before it, like, on screen, and, like, the wolf coming out, and then, you know, like, he gets dressed in a cop uniform and starts riding, driving a car, and it's just that, it, it, that, you know, like, lack of a border between the two of them, or just lack of a, lack of a deciding point of, like, we're going one way or the other does kind of... It, it, it's jarring. Yeah. It's jarring in a way that's just sort of hard to uh, hard to accept in in a way that's, you know, continuous. Like, you have to just treat the, the, the transformation and, like, all of, like, the werewolf-like, you know, lore stuff in, in one mindset and all of the cop stuff in a completely different mindset. Like, the... If you don't, the movie just does not hang together. And, and here's the thing for me: I feel like, 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 like the, the moment he had turned into a werewolf. So, like the second transformation we see, they do it in the holding cell at the the police station, I guess. And then he and he's he's there and breathing. And this is the first time we've really seen him, you know, in a continuous sort of like gotten a chance to really see him, rather than seeing him in implied cuts of people being killed or whatever. Uh, you know, and then he then he answers the phone and sort of grunts and takes notes. And that was the moment that I got excited. Like yeah, everything up until then, I was like, oh okay, they're doing various things here. Okay, well there's some good, some bad here. That's a nice effect sequence. Okay, and then then he answers the phone. Is like, Ugh. and and then I was like, I was on board. I was like, yes. Took him yeah, a while to get was- there, but the movie has started. Yeah, it's it's because you are you just you don't know how wolfy he is up until that very moment. Like, it, when he initially transforms, it's just, you know, like, he transforms, and then he kills a bunch of dudes, like, mostly off-camera. You hardly see him, and then, you know, he sort of wakes up, and he's human again. Then the second time, when he transforms, you know, he transforms into a monster, and then there's a cut, and then there's another cut, and he's back, and he, uh, him and, uh, what's this guy's name? Willie? Willie. Like, yeah, they're, they're playing cards, and Willie's just like, alright, go fish. And, like, you see the big werewolf hand come out, and, like, grab... Oh, no, 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 before that, he, like, demands liquor, he's just like, liquor, or beer, or something like that, yeah. or drink, he, he just grumbles drink, and like, you're, it's like, alright, well, he can talk, but is he losing that, where's, where are they going with this, you know, it's not, it's not clear, and then they're playing cards, and like, he snatches like, half the cards out of his hand, and then Willie's just like, man, that's not how you play Go Fish, and you're really, and you're still like, you know, is he just like, an animal with just like, just enough humanity to not kill this guy, but also, you know, it's just, he's a big dog, and then, you know, like, the phone rings, and you see him open the thing and just walk over to the phone and answer the phone and take some notes. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I got really excited when I saw that, too, because it was just like, all right, this isn't just going to be, you know, like, crazy monster running around. It's going to be, you know, wolf cop. Yeah, exactly. And and here's the thing. At that moment, I was like, I was on board. And then the film kind of doesn't, it doesn't commit to that. Like, it still tries to be dramatic and have sort of, like, high stakes and whatnot in a way that I don't feel comports well with no, no, it's okay. I know I'm a cop and a wolf, but first and foremost, I'm a cop. Sort of feel like you know it doesn't. It doesn't say okay, this is absurd, and we're running with it. It says okay, this is absurd, but also, what if the bad guys? You know, it tries to be a little bit too excited about its own plot at a point where I think the strongest thing it could have done is said. Okay, now okay, we tipped our hand. This is a uh, comedy about a a cop wolf. A wolf cop, if you will, you know. It's like I, I, it just felt it felt it felt like it failed to recognize its own strength there, and so we get this weird mishmash for the rest of the film of, 
you know, funny stuff, a lot of funny things in the film, but also, hey, but we can we can sneak in some more visceral violence. Yeah. Um, you know, often with a tinge of goofiness, but not always totally clearly so. You know, it, it's like we're supposed to really, really care about the welfare of these characters who are not very well developed. And one of them is a wolf cop who's it's been established basically can't die when he's a wolf. And And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely like sort of god moding through like most of the movie. Um, the 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 invulnerability thing, I think, was like a bit much, and and made it, it you know, it it made it a little difficult to have fun when you see him like you know basically him like absorbing bullets like Superman, where they're just you know like unloading these guns at him and nothing's happening. It's just like all right, I mean you know he's that's you know you you establish that in the lore, but at the same time that's not that fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, and and if they if they went, you know, like full full bore like comedy with this, they would at least have some fun with that. But they didn't. They just sort of like you know left it hanging there while he you know killed all these people. Yep. Um, which itself was pretty. You know, it was it was also like fun to watch, but it also wasn't like he wasn't funny killing them. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was entertaining in sort of like a low budget actiony way. But they also like you know did not did not like go the 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 comedy route with that exactly like it's it, like it's a film that has by definition undercut its ability to be taken like super seriously like you don't make wolf cop because you want people to watch it with a straight face i think i think that's fair to say yeah. even no matter how proud you are of your effect sequences no matter how much you think a, a specific scene is creepy looking you have to know making this film that you're making a film called wolf cop you know, and that it's you know as much Teen Wolf and A Team as it is any sort of serious meditation on the nature of the human condition. I, don't I mean, it has a uh, it has a a what do you call it? Well, a um, a, uh, a a a like fixing stuff montage, and and yeah, you know, like you th- you think of the point where you're like, all right, we're going to have like a montage scene where he supercharges his Wolfmobile. Yeah. Um. You know, you you think you would use that as the baseline. Yeah, but so, they don't. yeah. At that point, when you when because some of the later kills, like there, there's close-ups of like a guy gets his face clawed, and so there's a nice sort of like prop piece of his face with some big horrible claw marks through it, and then yeah. another swipe and his head goes flying off, and you see the prop roll to a stop on the ground somewhere. And you know that's 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 a great goofy little uh, you know effect scene like that. Like I would have had a great time being part of you know the 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 prop and effects team putting together that shot. But it's also a shot that's like it's neither goofy nor something you can take super seriously. So it's like in this weird, that weird middle space of like we are taking our Teen Wolf, the copiers film a little too seriously as a work of horror at this point, but not seriously yeah. enough to actually make it stick. And, you know, like seconds before, either before or after that, he like rips off a guy's face, like the face itself <laughs> to reveal like the skeleton under it. And he throws the face onto, like, the window of the car that Willie, his, you know, like, uh, rednecky uh, friend who rescued him, is sitting in. And he's just like, oh, no. And then he turns on the windshield wipers that start, like, wiping the face, wiping the blood from the face and the face itself all over the windshield. And he's like, oh, man, that's not helping. <laughs> yes. It's just funny. And then, and also yeah. the, 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 the face that he rips off, uh, there's... Uh, 
the 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 skull is still there behind it. Like that, oh, yeah, this yeah. is a funny this is a, this is a great funny goofy shot. Like you know, a wolf cop rips off the guy's face, and then you see the guy's skull there, and just like a, a, a little beat and starts screaming, and there's blood sort of spurting out of it. And then that's the face that ends up on the windshield. And then we get a callback like a minute later. A couple other things happen in this big complicated scene in a meth lab, and then and then. Uh, Willie sitting in the car and faceless screaming skull guy is screaming from like frame left at him and it's like ah and it's great it's like oh it's that skull again and it's, it's hilarious <laughs> that was the genuinely like laugh out loud funny detail of the film um, but it's just it's hard to take the confrontation with occultists later seriously when we've been given that as sort of how we can engage with this film and and, and most of the funny stuff is the stuff that really works in the film um you know, I mean, setting aside cool, being able to appreciate some of the practical effects tricks and props, you know, it's really the funny bits of the movie that work. You know, it's the funny bits that feel like this is doing what it was trying to do uh, rather than this is failing to convince me as a drama about werewolves or whatever. Yeah, they have the um, the scene where, like, at the, after he wakes up transformed and, you know, like, it, you know, the movie opens with, like, a scene of just, like, shitty alcoholic cop has, you know, a bad morning. You know, he wakes up hungover and there's, like, a, a, a topless woman in his bed and it's clearly that, you know, he's not really sure what What did I is. do last night? Huh? You know, sort of yeah. And then he gets into his car and he drops his gun and then he pukes on his way and then he's driving all over the road and then they do that scene all over again after he becomes a wolf and like becoming a wolf fixes him and now he's just like he's he's still messed up but that's because now his senses are amplified for some reason he has super hearing which is that is that a wolf thing can they hear real good what well, dogs have good you know hearing and good do they they do yeah all right uh, judging by how much they bark at shit that no one should care about you know I would say dogs have uh, well, it's <laughs> yes, no, I, th- I think yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, yes, yes. All right, yeah, and then he, you know, he, he can smell stuff good, um, and then there's, like, this sort of, like, procedurally, procedural, like, you know, we discovered a dead body scene where they discover the, the mayoral candidate, um, who it turns out was, like, the human sacrifice that they did to make uh, Lou into Wolf Cop, um, and... And, and yeah, they they play it like almost like a procedural where he's just like a procedural where he's got superpowers. It's almost like a Hannibal-y thing where you know it's there's this weird you know uh, what do you call it? Uh, dismembered not dismembered but disfigured corpse. Um, and you know there's like the 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 gallows humor from like the ME, and then he's like using his weird power to try to figure out what's going on. And it's not not funny, but it's also not funny. And it yeah. also doesn't really go anywhere because he, like, you know, sniffs all over this corpse as if he's, you know, like, picked up something or, like, he knows something they don't. But I don't think they go anywhere with that. Yeah, no, it, it feels that that ultimately the film feels very uneven. It feels like, you know, I, I, I tried to make a point of, again, not writing down everything that annoyed me about the script because the script is not the strong point of this film. Yeah. Um, neither is the acting, really. Um, you know, it's just it, – it, this film is a great collection of funny things in a completely reasonable, you know, low-budget packaging, essentially. Um, and you I know, feel- I saw – I just watched uh, – I, I watched this today, and I watched Hot Fuzz yesterday, and I just, like it's, – it's really hard to, like, having watched these two movies, just, like, not see so many parallels across the two of them. Yeah. Well, and I, I would say if you wanted to, you could also argue a certain amount of structural parallelism with RoboCop, speaking of, you know, yeah. alternate cops. Um, RoboCop, oddly enough, a, a film that achieves 
uh, a great deal more legitimate seriousness and darkness to it, but also still manages to be quite funny in spots because Paul Verhoeven is just kind of amazing that way, and 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 Peter Weller is is so good as RoboCop. And uh, the rest of the supporting cast in that is generally really great, too. Miguel Ferrer. Or yeah. not Miguel Ferrer. Is that his son? Yeah, no, he, he was in there, wasn't he? Oh. Isn't that Miguel Ferrer? I, also I keep Twin mixing Peaks? the two. Yeah, yeah. I, is that Miguel Ferrer? I keep, no, Jose Ferrer is his oh, dad. yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, so that was Miguel Ferrer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know the, the, <laughs> I, I know his name and I can't bring it up. You know, the dad Wise? from... No. Oh, uh, the, the dad from Foreman. Shows. Yes, yes. Uh, Clarence Boddicker. Uh yeah, no. Oh, we should uh, we should watch RoboCop sometime. We don't even have to do an episode. We should just watch Kirkwood it. And, Smith. Like, be like, thank you, thank Kirkwood. you. Anyway, yes. You know, again, you have sort of like a cop who is beset uh, by some terrible thing that occurs, and then sort of struggles to uh, get back in gear and take down the fundamental corruption that led to his situation. Uh, has to fight against his, his nature because you know there's a different thing that made him the way he is that isn't necessarily in his favor. Right. So, you know, as far as that goes, this movie is essentially RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I feel like, should we say some nice things? Like, like I, I've got a whole list of things that made me laugh. Maybe we should talk about stuff like that, because I feel like... This is the first movie I've seen since uh, the Tim and Eric movie where a prosthetic penis played such a central yes. role in a scene. Yeah, so this that that is that is clearly what my friend who recommended blindly saying, oh, and that transformation scene, I won't say anymore, but yeah. was talking about, and I knew that as soon as... And I thought it was really... So this scene is great. It's got... The guys, uh, I don't know if it's great. It's it's notable. It's the if there's if there's nothing else ever remembered about this film, people will remember this scene. Yeah, and, you, and you you could see like two guys, you know, like or or whoever, like in a bar, like around closing time, being like, "All right, well, he's got to transform. What part of it transforms first? How about the cock?" And then yeah. they just go with it. Like I could believe that that is why this movie exists. Is that was the first conversation ever had, and it just sort of you know steamroller from there because because we get a shot of like you know he's in the bathroom he's drunk he's taking a piss yeah. uh and so you get a pretty normal like over the shoulder shot of just guy standing at ur- urinal shooting him from behind uh but then it cuts to uh stream the stream and the stream starts turning red it's like oh god he's pissing blood that's a bad sign and then we cut to a shot from below of his prosthetic penis just like standing there you know holding his penis so penis center frame and and it's it's to its to i I don't know whether it's to its credit or not but that penis it is so clearly a prosthetic penis you would not like yeah it is you you would no point are going to be like well that that's you know a real dick which i think kind of helps just (laughs) sort of like uh with how visceral the, the, the next parts <laughs> are, I think it helps that to yeah, immediately that, let you be like, "Oh, well, that's not a real dick." Uh, so yes, this this clearly this clearly fake prosthetic dick with urine coming out, which is a shot you just never see at all in films. Like, there's plenty of shots of people pissing, but I think there's almost never sort of like a close up shot from below of the penis the that the other movie urine I can is coming think out. Of is the Tim and Eric movie where they had like a very very similar shot. Um, and then they have a shot of it getting like the the, the fake dick getting pierced, which is ah. also. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is this is kind of a great sequence because you've got the 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 urine starts to turn bloody. You're like, oh, what's that about? 
Uh, and then you get this shot of this cock. And so it's immediately like, what the fuck is going on? They're doing this. And then immediately you go into the transformation where like the werewolf, the giant muscly werewolf coming out from underneath the skin of the erstwhile human, except penis. So you get a giant hairy uh, dick pops out of this, this, this penis skin. And, uh, and then everything else that happens at this scene is kind of like, you know, fine, but you can't really top the <laughs> let's do a penis first werewolf transformation move. Uh, so then he turns into a werewolf and some guys yeah. come to try and kill him and he... And he you get to- that, like, American werewolf in London homage shot where it's just, like, him screaming at his, like, transformed hand, which is coming up from, like, slightly below the frame. Yeah. Um, which which was, yeah, like, I mean, that's... It's, it's a classic sort of, like, transformation shot in anything that's really simple to do but also really effective. Yeah. If you angle it correctly, which fortunately they did. Um... But I feel like I feel like honestly, if I was turning into a werewolf and I didn't know what was happening, and the first thing that happened is my penis exploded, I don't know if I would immediately shift my attention to my hand. I think I, I like I like, like not 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 because like my my penis is so magical or anything, but just like you know, it seems like you'd notice the first thing that happened. But maybe I don't know. Maybe the hand was a lot more painful. Maybe something about the bones and the claws made that uh, a, a significant attention grabber, even when your dick's already exploding. I don't know. Well, I assume if that's happening, the, your, your first instinct is to grab your dick. Oh, maybe. And then, and then you know, if your, your hand oh. starts going off, all of a sudden, oh, shit. Yep. That could be. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I, I give I give the dick transformation scene, you know, like two hairy thumbs up, I guess. Like, that's they definitely they, they landed on something identifiably memorable, something that, you know, will be that thing about that movie. Oh, and you remember the dick transformation scene. Like, anybody who's seen this movie will remember that. People will see it because someone else said, oh, and there's this scene, you know. Yeah, my wife was, like, wandering in and out of, like, the living room as I was watching this, and then she wandered back in. She's like, and, like, as the transformation's going, I'm just like, oh, you missed it. Like, (laughs) his dick turned into a wolf dick. She's like, wait, really? Rewind it. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, riffing on wolf puns and cliches and and references in the film. Uh, the, the the criminal organization that seems to be oh, the you know piggies. the piggies, which they never go anywhere with that. That's just like for whatever reason that's the the theme and the style of the criminal organization. Of course, you know the wolf and the three little pigs, and, but- and they really go with it because like when they're robbing that like you know uh, the the liquor store or whatever, when it was just a little marketplace, like one of them is just like, all right, this is the last load. Like to the guy that's walking out with like some stolen beer, and he turns around and he winks at the guy. Yep. So they're really they're really on theme with. Yeah, and they're wearing their pig masks, and they they spray paint very cheerful cartoon pigs uh, on all the buildings in town. And yeah, the uh, what is it? The police station just has. Uh, uh, I mean, it works on so many levels. The, the pig <laughs> painted onto the front of the police station, and it's such an inversion because you know it turns out that in this telling of the three little pigs, the wolf is the good guy, and and the cop is the wolf rather than the pig. And oh my gosh. You know, it's it's so it's so complex and nuanced. It's almost like they actually just sort of like threw shit against the wall and whatever stuck, <laughs> stuck maybe. But uh, there's a there's a definite sort of Red Riding Hood thing played on a couple times with the the bartender uh, Jess- slash secret Jessica. mayor Jesse Jessica. Um, definitely like you know very much red. It dressed like the first time she's in there, red lipstick throughout. Has sort of like a red lined hood thing at one point. Uh, there's multiple references to the boy who cried wolf. Uh, 
you know, uh, so you got, you got to make sure you get that one in there too. They do that early and then do a callback with it. Um, there's a, and, and we noticed this as just what seemed like just a prop repetition detail before we realized the film was actually trying to go somewhere with it. The mayor we see early on, uh, old, old mayor, Barbara or Bradley or whatever oh, her name was. Bradley. Yeah. Mayor Bradley. Um, is wearing a, a fur lined coat. In an early scene, ah, yeah, yeah. later at some point you see yeah, Jessica. Jesse, yeah, Jesse the bartender is wearing a you know puts on a fur coat too, and, and we're like, oh hey yeah, she's got a fur lined coat. And Angela was like, oh yeah, so is the mayor. I was like, oh that's weird. And it turns out it's because they're the same person. You know, I think if you were being a shapeshifter who is secretly trying to rule a town while taking on multiple guises of well known figures, you might try and keep the wear the the, the wardrobe distinct between them <laughs> to avoid sort of selling the oh that's weird. It's you a, have the it's exact a small same town. There's only so many stores where you can get fancy lady clothes. I yeah, guess. I guess you'd have to chuck anything that you got a stain on though. Yeah. Because you'd be this like, is, yeah. um, that was just, I was gonna say this is like the most disgusting town that that like on film that I've seen in a long time. Like everybody in this town is just super gross. Um, just like from the like the opening scene to like the guy that's just wandering around like spitting his chaw spit into. Oh yeah, a, that guy. Uh, that guy likes to spit. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this is like not a t- uh, yeah. So it's like not a town where you can get many different kinds of furs if you enjoy the fur um also how much time was she spending being a bartender and also mayor that it would you know you think if you had like because he had to have you know like trusted her over the course of years which means she must have been the bartender over the course of years yeah like as she... well as being the mayor for you know like her basically entire life there exactly so you know it's it's yeah it, it's tricky to figure out how maybe maybe there were multiple people who played Jesse maybe she was just Jesse some of the time and other shapeshifters took turns like maybe they've got a whole like distribution of duties thing going on there because like yeah, I guess maybe we never like seen the, anything in the film that tells us for sure that people are dedicated to their set of roles but it's kind of implied that oh these two guys were this guy and these two guys were this guy and this lady yeah. was these two ladies. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe it's more complicated. Maybe, maybe they're more like, maybe it's like uh, the Dominion from uh, Deep Space Nine. Maybe it's a sort of shape-shifting collective, a sort of uh, repti- reptoid uh, hive mind. I, I like that, like, at the end where he's just like, all of this trouble so you could, like, be the mayor of some shitty little town. You guys aren't very ambitious. And they never see really answer that. She, for, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a tiny throwaway line where the, the mayor says something like, oh, you'd be surprised how far up the food chain a little bit of wolf blood can go or something like that. That I feel like was them trying to say, oh, contraire, my son, there's a whole global conspiracy. The president's a, a reptoid for all you yeah. know sort of thing. But, yeah, they... That, like, you like, still got the shitty job. That one line is all they seem to do with it, and uh, all I all I can figure is maybe Wolf Cop Two is you know, Mister Guru goes to Washington and they'll try and do something with that. But uh, yeah, on the face of it, it certainly does seem like yeah they're putting out a lot of reptoid effort to just maintain. A, and the, here's the thing: they're they're really fucking their town up in a way that doesn't seem like specifically helpful to any particular cause. Like they've got. The, the 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 evil meth lord hooligan gang leader turns out to be one of the weird little occult council faces. So why are they having that guy completely fuck up the town that they are systematically controlling? Like, do they need a town that is super duper fucked up and will potentially you know cause everybody to want to move out? Or is everyone who lives in the town other than the wolf and Tina 
actually, you know, sort of in on this shitty structure or, or what exactly, what is their motivation for like, it's, it's hard yeah, to, it's also, you, you, you can't hang out in your meth lab. <laughs> like it's a clubhouse. Yeah. That was a, that was probably not uh, some, some very clean meth they were producing. I wasn't sure. Like at one point we see the bad guy, the, 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 the main bad guy of the, the gang, uh, do uh, do a couple lines of some red crystally powder that you know it could be meth, it could be some sort of crystallized blood, it could be a little I, I bit think of both. It was definitely, I I I mean they never make it, they they never say this is meth, but I think you know with like the the you know like the the Breaking Bad blue oh yeah absolutely. sort of thing being a a thing. I I, I think. It, it's supposed to it, – it is implied that it is – I mean, it's definitely not cocaine and, you know, like uh, as far as insufflated uh, substances that are people would recognize, meth is, you know, like the next one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be meth, although he does a lot of it if it is. Yeah, and it's – yeah, uh, so it's like I don't know if that was supposed to be going for somewhere else. Like, like it's a meth lab that also just happens to manufacture a specific mystical kind of useful reptoid – you know, drug, but also, you know, the I mean, meth. yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's not meth. Maybe like they use that town as like the manufacturing facility for some sort of like reptoid thing. Yeah. That, that could make easily as much sense as, as, you know, the fact that it's a meth lab does. I guess part of the thing here is I would really enjoy like a much more convoluted, uh, if nonetheless still goofball Illuminati reptoid, you know, plot to this thing. And, and instead it's just, it's sort of there and we get little snippets of it, but we don't get anything like, I, I really could have dug in on like a dumb soap yeah, it, opera. It's, it's a very like personal movie about this one guy, but the stuff surrounding this guy is much more interesting than he is. Yeah. Um, also, and- I, feel, I feel like he, like if they, if we recast this film with people who I've heard of, <laughs> like Javier Bardem, I think is who I'm thinking of. As as well, uh, yeah. As as uh, you know, just, is oh that, no, no, um, no. That's that's not who I'm thinking of. That's that's the dad from uh, from uh, Supernatural. Actually, who the fuck am I thinking? Javier of? Bardem. No, wait. Isn't Javier Bardem uh, Sugar from uh, No Country for Old Men? Uh, was he? I don't know. And, Maybe. And the bad guy I, I, still in I still haven't seen that. If you um, he was. He was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy in in, in yeah. Skyfall. Okay, no, yeah, okay, yeah. So he's uh, yet another different guy. He with stubble, he looks like the dad from uh, Supernatural when he smiles, but he's not that guy. But he's also not the other guy. I'm thinking of who? Who the fuck am I thinking of? I don't know. Anyway, some guy who wasn't that. This is the worst line this I, podcast could possibly follow. <laughs> Let's move on. Boober magazine. Boober magazine. Boober. I wonder if that's real. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, playpen. I think we established is a. Recurring not. fake one. Yeah, Boober Magazine is not real. I'm okay. Good, good. Uh, saving um, me the Google. Um, oh, also, unfortunate. Uh, Mayor Red Riding Hood is bartending at the Tooth and Nail. Yep, that's. Yeah, that's and then we mentioned that the guy's name is basically Doctor Acula, but for werewolves. Yep. Um, Which is funny. Like his dad, Edgaru, was he like, "Ah, yeah, I should give my son a name. You know what? I love werewolves. (laughs) And then ironically dies. Yeah. yeah. When Willie, like, you know, when he wakes up, like, you know, chained up in in Willie's house um, and Willie's just like, good morning, Lugaru. And I'm just like, is he making fun of him because he knows he's a werewolf or is that the character's name? And it turns out to be the character's name. Also, there was like an interaction there that I really, really enjoyed where, you know, he like wakes up and like um, Willie chained him up. 
to, you know, for his own say, you know, for his own uh, safety, because like in, immediately in the next scene, you know, he's he's free from like the handcuffs, and he's just like, you know, hey, I, wa- I found your uniform; it was covered in blood, so I washed it. And and uh, Lou puts it on. And he's just like, I think you shrank it too. And Willie sort of peeks out of the kitchen. He's like, What's that? Thank you, Willie. Thanks for helping me out. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Yep. Well, and I, Willie I specifically that. says that he put it on the cold. So, like it's. Okay, so let's talk about Willie. Let's talk about Willie because I think there's there's a couple things here where, again, this feels like I can see the outline of the movie that was more overall successful at being what this wants to be than, than the actual movie we watched was. And Willie is a weird character because I don't know if in that more successful movie Willie would be in it more or less. Because Willie gets a bunch of funny lines in this movie, but it also sort of feels like Willie gets all the funny lines that someone wrote into their fanfic about something – like all their best lines they give to their sort of like best friend Mary Sue proxy character. And Willie yeah. gets all those lines. Like he's hanging around. Willie is 100% on board with everything that happens in this movie to the point where it's kind of obvious how much Willie is sort of the the filmmaker's own sort of running commentary on how much they're enjoying making this movie is sort of how it feels like some of the time. Uh, when When – when uh, Lou Garou looks over at the uh, auto body shop after he accidentally tears the door which off his... Which is called Styles Auto Body, uh, which also appeared in Teen Wolf. <laughs> um, he, he looks over and, uh, and, and Willie says, you know, I know what you're thinking or something like that. And it's like, we have no idea. I mean, we kind of do. We, I could guess at that point that he was going to spruce up his car, but at the same time, there's no reason that I should have guessed that the characters well, no, no, would guess. He, he, what happened was that he... that the, It I, it could have been conveyed a little clearer, but the thing is, he looks over at the auto body place, like, right after having accidentally ripped the door off the car. Yeah. So I think that's what, what was supposed to, like, carry you over into, oh, he's gonna, like, you know, somehow fix and or soup up his car, but it was really it, it was really sort of like an awkward like, uh, hey, I, are you thinking what I'm thinking kind of thing? Because, no, we don't. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it felt like, you know, there's an enthusiasm there on Willie's part that is sort of flying past good, like, storytelling to just commenting in your... It, it's like saying the title of the film in the film sort of level of you are being very self-involved in how you're writing characters who don't have that self-involvement, you know, in the film that you're going to actually, you know, release here. Because they're characters in the film. Yeah, so Willie... Willie really sort of ran a funny line throughout the film for me that way of being simultaneously, you know, the guy acting him was doing as good a job of acting as anybody in this film did. You know, he was consistently reasonably funny. Um, he did a good job of being sort of like the goofball friend to the extent that, you know, the writing uh, gave him something to do. But uh, but he was also distracting to me. Yeah, I, I, was, I was also kind of surprised that they didn't take him the, the route where just like, you know, after... Uh, Lou turns into Wolf Cop that, you know, he goes to this friend who just, like, for no reason at all knows every single thing about werewolves. They, i really surprised it wasn't that character, even though it kind of turned out that he was. Yeah. But I'm surprised that, you know, he wasn't that character above board, like, the whole time, because that, that was very much... I mean, like, there was a point in this where I thought I was, like, watching an episode of Grimm, from what I remember of Grimm. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's another... Okay, so yeah, that, that that's... The character stuff in this, you know, Willie is the friend who is credulous and is on board, even by the standards of this film, where apparently everybody's immediately on board with, oh, there is a werewolf running around. Um, and then it turns out that he's one of the faces of one of the reptilian 
a cult council, whatever the the, the trio yeah. of hooded figures at the end, uh, you know, and all along he had you know known what was going on and and had been quietly stringing Lou along, but also seems to actually kind of like Lou and feel bad that you know they're going to use him as a sacrifice, but also he's a member of the council and also he's not really Willie. Willie's just one of his faces. And, you know, in a different sort of film, this could be an interesting sort of thing to explore the nature of this sort of hybrid personality and the ties between friendship and, uh, the political, you know, necessities of this cult's, you know, schemes and whatnot. But this is not that film. No. Yeah. And I, I also, I thought like for a second that they would like go like making like Willie, like a, a genuinely like conflicted character where like, you know, he's talking to, to mayor Bradley about, you know, it's like, you know, he's a lot stronger, uh, than, you know, all the other wolves we deal with probably because this is like the one movie where somebody's chronic alcoholism has given them superpowers that I, I can think of. Um, and and yeah, like I there, there's like parts where I thought like Willie was like feeling bad for like betraying his friend because they did they they definitely had like a, a friendly chemistry and stuff and they didn't do that and then Willie definitely like turned it you know like you know went full bore like you know unrepentant it's like oh we got you buddy um, which I, I was sort of surprised that they they took that route instead of like you know having Willie um, what do you call it having Willie switch sides yeah, because then yeah, you also Willie, have Willie like could have a actually done shifter. a face turn there which would have been perfect yeah. <laughs> it's a face turn yeah. um, but uh, but yeah didn't happen also they really 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 establish how invulnerable as we've said already it sort of yeah. sucks something out of the film to the extent that they try and have a sense of stakes uh, that you know he's basically invulnerable when he's in werewolf form apparently and so the idea of stabbing him a little bit and getting some blood out sort of like maybe the implication is they were going to then stab him a bunch more and then cut his head off or something, uh, but in, it it just sort of seems like. Here's my question. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. It seems like the process of collecting blood from him to the extent that they cared to, uh, in that tiny time sensitive window that they had, uh, was very low stakes for them. It's like, oh well, we'll stab him and we'll get a little bit of blood and I'll sip some blood and all right, okay, problem solved. There's not a real sense that okay, and now we need to get the next. 12 liters immediately you know that you would think if they were just trying to collect as much blood this every 32 years as they could they would have been you know trying harder so well, yeah I, yeah i don't know like was that like when the when they drain him like a little bit of first and sip from it was that like an appetizer thing and then they were going to get the rest when like the 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 the, the solar eclipse happened or yeah. well yeah you know, if uh, when they didn't even do that till the eclipse started happening right then they that's what the moment that they were collecting the blood or whatever uh and then, yeah, they don't. They didn't seem to be equipped for a large scale blood gathering operation there. So, like, maybe the implication is that they would drink a little bit of blood and they would just then really properly murder him afterwards. But we don't get any of that. You know, there's no. Well, they weren't going to murder him. They were going to set him out, and then like the the drinking hunt was going to. But they canceled gonna, the drinking hunt. But they still had all those guys from the gang who were, you know, going to do their own like mini drinking hunt. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally clear on that. Like, what was the deal there? Like, they were just going to let him chase him. Because wouldn't he just turn back into not a werewolf uh, once the... (sighs) Yeah, it was not... Like, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Yeah, it was not clear to me at all. Uh, Like, it seems like the the guys came along for no other reason than for Tina to be able to, you know, shoot one of them in the eyeball. Um, 
And then she's got a goddamn sniper rifle. She t- draws a bead, shoots one of the guys. There's three cult members. She's got the drop on them from the distance with a sniper rifle. She shoots one and then, and then gets up and wanders on in instead of, like, you know... Shooting take, the other two. Yeah, come, come the fuck on. Uh, well, I did like... I, I, I really like what they did with <laughs> Tina in this movie. If we're going to bring up Tina. They, I, I'm surprised... A.K.A. They Trudy not... Weigel from, like... The, that, was, that was the vibe I got there. That's I would recast it as... Uh, what's her face from the state? Uh, did you ever watch Reno 911? Oh, no. just, just watch it. Watch it's. I, I I have enjoyed a great deal of sketch comedy in the last ten years, and it remains my favorite sketch comedy uh, show. Really? It's it's a bunch of the people from the state. Yeah, and then uh, Viva, like I watched. Yeah, the, I've yeah. the state, and I've watched so, like a lot of Viva Variety. So, so a bunch of that crew and. The thing that I think makes Reno 911 work is the fact that they really stick with a central premise for several seasons. So, like, the whole thing is they're, like, uh, a bunch of cops in a precinct in Reno, and then it's all sketch comedy, but it's all sketch comedy structured around a consistent set of characters from this police department, a consistent setting. And so they do a whole bunch of recurring character work and actually build up something resembling, you know, very low-consequence plot lines uh, over a series of years. And it's it's really, really great. It, 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 it gets some sort of strength to its overall writing and comedy character development that you didn't really see, uh, like in the state, uh, because the state was so like, you know, you would have recurring bits, but you know, it was mostly just all over the board. Like you would expect from a typical sketch comedy show. Um, so no, I, I loved Reno 911, but, uh, yeah. What's her face from the state? I failing to remember the, the actress's name. She plays a character named Trudy Weigel, uh, on, on Reno nine. One one and Tina really kind of looks like uh, Trudy Kerry Weigel. Kenny Silver. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I can see that. So yeah, I, I I spent the whole movie kind of expecting Tina to be a little bit funnier than she actually was, unfortunately. Which is not the actress's fault or 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 anything, but you know, I, I kept getting that Trudy Weigel vibe. Um, honestly, I I feel like this movie could have could be redone as a very special double episode of Reno Nine One One and be amazing. Um. Just abandon all the pretense of seriousness uh, and keep most of the strengths and really make them work. In a anyway, uh, but Tina, yes, you wanted to talk about Tina. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I liked what they did with her, where she was not at any point like a love interest. She, you know, she wasn't um, sexualized like unnecessarily, and you know, like the the one like her little uh, you know like getting ready for battle montage scene was also like really well done. Um, you know, where she's just like, you know, sort of straightens her tie and then gets an enormous gun. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And then, you know, like at the end you get like the sort of like rally Mako Mori thing where they're just like, well, <laughs> looks like, uh, we're both really fucked up. Let's go home. And, you know, there's no, um, you know, they, they didn't try to shoot again with like RoboCop a there. thing in there. I'm saying, yeah. Again with RoboCop. You've got, uh, you know, yeah. sort of the. I mean, there's no good. They'll yeah. fix everything. They fix everything. Line, but you know. Yeah. The- um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's I. I just I'm fond of like uh, heterogendered, uh, you know, buddy sort of like work buddy thing. Although yeah. That might be because I watched a whole bunch of the X Files last night. <laughs> um, they they uh, I was oh, I should have mentioned this at the top of the episode. They. Um, on Netflix, the first 13 episodes of The X-Files are now in widescreen HD. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it turns out that they had shot the entirety of the series on film in widescreen. 
and then they chopped it to 4.3 and then aired it on TV and like the DVD releases had like the TV cut in like more or less the TV quality and now like it's just you know it they, they look amazing like yeah. uh, I, I watched like the first six or seven episodes yesterday and wow. they, they I, yeah. look great we'll have to go back and, and, and watch those because yeah I've got the I've got the box set from many years ago in uh, you know four to three but uh wow that's great I, I you know I guess I actually knew that they had shot the film the, the series on film too but I, I I hadn't really thought about whether or not they were working on a proper re-release anytime yeah. speaking of Tina's arming up montage there's also part of it apparently involves chewing several pieces of gum yeah I do no idea I don't what, know what that like was about. like that 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 struck me as I presume this is a joke I don't know if it's a joke because you're trying to do a sort of serious montage, even though it's also obviously kind of funny. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that, like, after she had watched the werewolf sex tape, she had puked, and for some reason, maybe they cut that. Maybe. The only thing I can think of. Uh, Um, Why the hell did Willie tape the transformation if Willie's a member of the Reptoid Illuminati? Like, the mayor's like, do you have an idea how much trouble would cause if this got out? Uh which I feel like existed only to set up uh, Tina then finding on the closed security yeah. camera the footage that was crushed out of the, you know, like little eight millimeter or not eight millimeter, whatever, the little VHS. I think it was, uh, what, what do you call it, uh, misdirection. I, I think that was for purposes entirely of misdirection. I guess, but it's like it, it just doesn't make any... F- I, I nope. guess. I guess that's the thing. I, I'm... I feel like I could sit down and watch this movie again with an eye specifically on Willie and assemble a much more fastidious series of complaints. But why would I do that? Why would I do? I'm, I'm already I'm already yep. spending more of this discussion complaining about details of the film than I than I had meant to. Uh, there's a cat, a missing cat named Nipples the Cat. That's another thing that's completely inconsequential that made me laugh in the movie. Uh, the 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 hair growing detail shot when he goes to shave yeah i i love that they uh, that feels like another sort of like here's an idea for a practical effect so someone came up with a way to do a extreme close up of hair growing rapidly you know i love that they did that practical effect i think it's so dumb that the best they could come up with was having him run a razor over his cheek and then the hair is just still there yeah. It, it doesn't like if you have a close up of hair rapidly growing, you need hair to be not there and then there, not to just literally not ex- ever yeah, go they away. Did not, they, 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 they did not choose a good moment for that or a good way to to lead into it. And I think that was like the best they could do with like time constraints. Yeah. That, that definitely was that's definitely. Yeah. So the community, like. but yeah, like if they, if they had had if they could have gone back and shot that scene a couple weeks later, you know, with continuity between one scene and another, then they could have actually had him shave and then have it be shaved. And then like, by the time he gets to the crime scene, that would have been, okay, I'm going to direct this movie. Here's what you do. He shaves. Okay. He shaves. He gets a nice clean shave. All right. He shows up the crime scene and, uh, and the, the chief is like, what happened? You forget to shave. And he's like, what are you talking about? What the hell? You know, that would have been boom. You know, and you can do it just as much without having to worry about continuity by just shooting the shaving scene later on or earlier on and just have him be clean shaven and you know start with the 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 shaving cream on so you can't see that he hasn't already, you know, shaved or whatever if you want to be able to do multiple takes without any problem. That's how I would have done it. I just um I just saw there's a promo photo that, like, if it doesn't appear in the movie, it's, it's purely a promo photo. And if you, like, see it on Netflix, it's one of, like, the those, you know, like, preview photos that flashes by when you have, like, the movie highlighted. 
Um, and I just took a look at it. I, I found another photo of it, and it, it's him, and it's just him, like in wolf form, like reclining, like sexily. And then I <laughs> I'm just looking found, at this now too. Yes. Yeah, and I just just now see that he's reclining sexily on like a human skin rug. Yep. Which is is great. Yeah. Um, Not something that the film ever featured, but uh, yeah. but a great promo shot. Oh yeah, um, there's a, there's a scene when like after he kills all those guys in the bathroom and then he comes back into the bathroom as a cop, um, his own face is you know like smattered <laughs> on the wall and yes. Tina takes it down. She's just like, oh look at this, it kind of looks like you. And then she sort of holds up the face over her own face, like a little far away, so she's not like smushing it. And then she's just like, oh sorry, I'm late to work. I had to stop by at the brewery. Do some investigating. Um, yeah, yeah, while using was... the face as a. Pu- <laughs> I loved that. That was great. That yeah, was and like... then the me just sort of like looks up at them and then just cracks a smile. And I that was that was. I, I think it like really helped to establish like the relationship between uh, Tina and Lou because you're you're never really made clear on who they are to each other until like the very end of the movie. Um, there's like some really sloppy attempts at exposition there, but like eventually it's made clear that they're like childhood friends. Yeah, and that like they, that they actually. Together. Yeah, they're both from the town. They both yeah. lost parents. Uh, yeah, like Tina's father originally ran the bar that Jessica now runs, and Lou's father was a cop, and also the previous wolf. Yes, and um, and Tina's father disappeared, yeah. and Lou's yeah, dad is the only person who went looking for him, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's not clear what, what exactly was, happened yeah. to Tina's dad. Was Tina's dad actually Tina's dad, or a member of the Reptoid Illuminati? Though I kind of here's the thing: I don't know. I don't know how much I this town Tina's is supposed dad to distrust. Might have been the sacrifice that made Lou's dad into a cop. Maybe that's what that was. Maybe because you need a sacrifice to make the the wolf. So, Who was the yeah. sacrifice for uh, for Lou's wolfification? Uh, that politician guy. The guy that was running against Mayor Bradley that oh, they find like uh, Terry or you whatever. know OD'd. Yeah. And also, yeah, that ODing thing, was that misdirection on behalf yeah. of like the reptilians or was he actually a heroin addict? Yeah, if he actually had a lot of track marks, is it because they fastidiously gave him a quick set of Yeah, I don't know. It I don't know what the fuck to make of that. Again, it's like I don't know how much I should try and make sense of it versus say, oh, okay, whatever, let's move on to the next part of the movie. You know, it's like I don't know how much the film thought it was accomplishing story stuff there so much as versus just being like and uh i don't know maybe maybe they try and make it look like a drug overdose even though he got his you know throat torn out as well i don't know i I don't know what to make of it exactly uh i like i i i like uh that uh maybe making bad jokes is a, a wolf trait uh, like someone said, you know, it's. I, I think about the the, the dead mayoral candidate. It's like, well, you know, it's a shame. You know, this town could use some new blood. Oh. And, and then he's just like, well, they certainly got some today. Uh, too soon, you know. It's like it's yeah. it's like a real deadpan. Like I know my joke isn't funny, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Yeah. Sort of thing that you know. And then when little- he's hiding, um, when when he's like foiling that robbery and he like throws himself behind some uh like some racks as you know he sort of like gathers himself uh one of the guys is just like who are you and he replies it's the fuzz or i'm the fuzz or something like that yeah uh that was very like yeah you you know what you're doing you know (laughs) you you your character is like making a joke he knows is bad yes well, and here comes the fuzz is like apparently the tagline of the film, which it's a, it's a pretty good line, you know. I'd say that's that's that I can get behind. Uh, 
it's it was not clear to me what was supposed to happen the night in the bar or exactly why what was supposed to happen was supposed to happen in the bar. Uh, so Jesse's flirting with him. She shuts down abruptly at like 10 minutes to 10, makes the regulars clear out, which is just literally one chubby guy who complains about it being bullshit but then leaves. Uh, and then she's all making eyes at uh, Wolfie uh, before he – this is before he knows he's yeah. Wolfie, and 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 she's like, I gotta you know close up, and she pours him like four more shots of something while he's already drinking like you know a double of something, and I know the guy's an alcoholic, but she's like, hold on for literally seven minutes. Here is a cup of hard alcohol. That seems like a lot even for them, especially if they're going for the idea that oh maybe this is gonna go somewhere like. Like, even if he is, like, a serious alcoholic, I think he would still be thinking a little bit about, like, you know, puking and whiskey dick uh, to be like, oh, yeah, no, I should definitely yeah, utterly incapacitate my it's, – it's, yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But the thing is, it seems like, you know, we're supposed to wonder until we don't wonder anymore. Okay, that was clearly a, a Machiavellian setup by her. She was trying to incapacitate him yeah. uh, so that the guys who were going to show up with bats could – Get the jump on him, and yeah, I think then they were gonna knock him out and take him to the, the like gang yeah, the, leader who yeah, was also meth- like one lab. of the Illuminati guys. Yeah. And I think they were probably gonna hang on to him until uh, yeah until it was time to release him for, and, for the thing. Yeah, and then and then they were too late, and so he managed to you know yeah. transform and kill him with his wolf dick. Um, but yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was not. I, I guess if you knock down a knock out a werewolf through blunt head force trauma uh, before he transforms. He'll just transform into an unconscious werewolf is the implication. I don't know. Uh, was not super clear. It seems, seems again, if these Illuminati guys are any better at running their shit than it appears based on what we see, it's weird that they're relying on a fake meth gang lord sending idiot Maybe goons that's why into those a bathroom. Three particular reptoids are in that particular shithole town. Oh, they they're they're just they're seriously Z listers. That's it. They are they they can't quite be fired because how do you fire a reptoid on Earth? But yeah, they they're they're stuck in like the shittiest part of the organ. I like that. I like that read. I think we could go with that to explain a lot of things in this movie if we really had to try and say that it's this is what you get when you get the bottom of the barrel in Reptoid Illuminati conspiracies is this this shitty little town in Saskatchewan. Yeah, this, is, this is as far as you can get demoted. Yeah, is is you know like this Canadian this this Canadian town where do you think you, uh, do you think the film was supposed to be taking place in Canada specifically or was it just I, taking place where they shot it and they happened to be Canadian and so that place was Canada. I think that's it. I mean, like, at one point, there's, like, a, a clear shot of, like, a train going by that says Canadian Pacific that, you know, you don't you don't put in that shot by accident. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, nobody hides the fact that they're saying a boot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think... I, I think it's supposed to be, like, as Canada as, you know, My Bloody Valentine is, where it doesn't have to be Canada, but, like, I guess if you're from Canada, it's clearly Canada or something. Yeah. Also, was he he was wearing like a lot of makeup at the start of the movie? Was that like just to make him look sickly? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it really came off like like maybe he was he was so worn out because he'd been up late, you know, playing a show with his emo band. Like there was some yeah. serious like sort of guy liner sort of feel to it 
that uh, I don't know. I don't know what like if they were trying to sell hungover and career drunk. I feel like they missed the mark a little bit with the makeup there, and it felt a little bit more like didn't get all of his makeup off last night. Yep, that's yeah. That that's sort of what it what it seemed like. But yeah, there's a film premise for you: a uh, 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 a human interest werewolf comedy dramedy maybe uh, about a uh, drag queen who becomes a werewolf and so suddenly has to confront from two different angles the concept of changing identity and 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 yes there you go run with it somebody do that uh he rips off that one gang member's shirt all in one yeah, swipe yeah. and it's just it's 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 funny but it's also unclear in uh hey let's do some murdering after a horrific transformation scene how much we're supposed to bu- get that oh no this is just a one-off funny thing but yeah he just swipes off some guy's shirt the guy's like whoa you know and that's the whole thing that's that's that scene where he rips off the shirt yeah i have no idea what they were trying to do with that uh let's see what else uh lose chest pentagram so they totally carved a pentagram on his chest yeah. as part of turning him into werewolf and then and then that was totally not there later and you know whatever you're you're shedding your skin and so i guess it just goes away because because that's the way things work. Because he got new skin shortly after. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's it's almost a little bit of a blink. Like, he doesn't seem to notice that. He notices that he's not shaving well, but he doesn't notice that his giant, painful scar in his chest is gone. And it's not important that he would notice, but it just like, it's one of those one of those little things. Um, actually, you know, that, that, that is one thing I want to talk about in terms of, like, themes in werewolf movies. Uh, the fact that there is no sort of like long running curse of the werewolf back through the lineage of anything in this film, it doesn't seem like it's literally a one off. Oh no, we just you're a werewolf because we got together and decided it was important for us we, that a we werewolf, werewolf exists. Too. Yeah, we turned you into werewolf. Uh, there's no indication that anybody else can be turned into a werewolf. I mean, he kills a bunch of people and injures a bunch of people, and there's never any mention one way or the other of the idea that maybe they would also be werewolfy. So it's like it's a non-contagious, one-off, genetically engineered werewolfery, which is which I think is a significant departure from basically every other werewolf story I've ever seen. Like, there's almost always that sense that you know the curse of the wolf is contagious, and you know it passes on for the centuries because we never quite managed to you know get all of them. So that sort of jumped out at me. At some point, Willie says, I think you might get your period. To, no uh, idea. Yeah, I was trying to figure that what that was. Carrie reference, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, like it, it could be like just a vaguely dumb one-off, you know, sort of misogynistic reference to menstruation for no reason other than ha-ha women when they get their period. It could have been... Angela pointed out, you know, the, 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 the period and the moon is actually sort of like, you know, obviously pretty tied together in terms of like cycles. So the idea of the werewolf period and menstruation, you know, it's not hard to make a, a, a thematic connection there if you really want to. But this film is obviously not exploring that nope. in any way. Also, you know, how often do we get werewolf films where the singular focus werewolf character is a woman? Like it seems like it seems like a very do genre. Yeah, I think about considering it. everything. I'm trying to think of yeah, I'm trying to think of a situation. This is almost like the Bechtel test for werewolves, yeah. like a film where a woman turns into a werewolf, and it's not about a man. You know, because I think I think maybe an American Werewolf in Paris did. Yeah, one did, of them. Did did Julie Delpy or whoever it was get? Werewolfy too, but then oh, no. I can't remember or not. But I could see something like that happening. But 
yeah, I don't know. This is this is suddenly this is the question I wish I'd thought of before we you know recorded for an hour and fifteen minutes, and I could have like looked it up and had something to go with there. But I, I uh, there's a Canadian television show called Bitten where the werewolf is a lady. That's something. Um, that is all I can find right now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's used as like a a. Ever since I I was a teenage werewolf, it was used as like a a metaphor for 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 that sort of thing. That I think like the more much much more obvious take on it, which wasn't used for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. Hmm. There was a sort of a Twin Peaks vibe to little bits of the soundtrack. At one point, there's like sort of a downbeat scene. Where there was some some synths coming in that actually felt a little bit between the between the actual soundtrack itself at that moment and the sort of small town vibe, you know. Yeah, it, there it, was there was some there, there were some interesting choices with the soundtrack. Um, there was like a, ro- a lot of rock music and like I think a rock band whose name I'm totally spacing on right now did the soundtrack. But there was also like the original hip hop song for the for the end, and then there was also like when at, right after they souped up his car. Um, they, they had like the like Knight Rider theme type, uh, like you know, pulsing synths. Yep. There was yeah, also there was that. also the song about these moonlight desires during the oh, uh, ex- yeah, that is the, the, the um, sex scene that they really they just ran with it. Like, yeah, that is uh, the the guy that did that. I think he was the keyboardist for Sticks, and that was like his <laughs> single in 1987. Because <laughs> awesome. I looked this up, I was just like, "What is this song? This can't be like an original song." And it wasn't. And then I found his Twitter, and he was just like, "They used my song in uh, Wolf Cop, and it's great." <laughs> that scene, I was like, uh, I uh, like uh, the conversation I wrote down that I was imagining ha- happened leading to this was like, "Do you think we should just uh, leave the werewolf fucking scene as?" implied no let's definitely no. let's definitely film it okay but should should we keep it pretty short no no let's 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 just drag it out let's drag it out okay but boobs oh definitely some boobs let's get the boobs in there you know it's like this is the conversation that definitely they had to checklist this to come to the decision to put those like i don't know it felt like a couple minutes it was probably less yep. than that but it just really felt like it dragged on and i hate to be the guy saying i sure wish there was less of a sex scene in your film because <laughs> I'm a fan, you know. I like naked people. Sex is good, yeah, sure. But you know, there's 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 bad sex scenes, and this was like Tommy Wiseau uh, bad. Yeah, it was like over the top, campy, like sort of uh, '80s like sex scene montage, and yet, but not in a good way. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like funny over the top. It's like no. they're just like, hey, well, let's yeah, let's do a little softcore. Let's throw a little softcore into the thing. Yeah, you know, it, was, it's, it's, it was it was like Cinemax quality pornography. Yeah, it was not clear enough that they understood. <laughs> how ridiculous it was that they were doing this. Like it did not have the sense of being unintentionally inappropriately funny sex scene so much as maybe that's we just what they decided to do. A, yeah, we knew yeah. we could have like a graphic uh, werewolf sex scene, but we never stopped to ask if we should. Yeah. And, and, and at that point we also never get to see the werewolf cock. I mean, you go all that way and that, that it just sort of feels kind of lazy. Like if they really wanted to go sort of to it where she's just like, Oh, such big ears you have where she's like dressed, literally dressed up as little red riding and she's yeah. just like, Oh, that's not all. And then all the way at the end, she's just like, when they're like having cigarettes, <laughs> like post-coital cigarettes, she's just like, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I'm really glad I waited until, you know, I waited to sleep with you until you were like this new improved version. Yeah. But 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 we, but we don't get the actual cock. And here's the thing: nope. it's a prosthetic werewolf cock. We've already had a prosthetic human cock, so clearly they're willing to go there. And yeah, I just feel like they should have committed if they wanted to 
like 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 really drag this out because otherwise it's like hey check it out we got tits you know it just feels like uh, are you 12 i mean and yes the answer to this this film gives to that question is yes we're extremely 12 and that's most of the good things we like about it too but uh still there's also a, a line if i if i complained about every line in this film that i didn't like you know or thought i could could, could have been done better that would be a long complaint just because it's a, it's a whatever very very shruggo uh script but there were a couple lines that drove me fucking crazy just for being so deliberate and yet not working. And one of them is when one of the meth goon piggy toughs come back and he's reporting about what happened. It's like, oh, we didn't get him. And it's like, yeah, you were late. And it's like, oh, was dude. But he turned into a wolf, man. And he says, you know, he turns into a wolf. I saw it with my own eye. He says, like, no human being ever has. Because I saw it with my own eyes because I have two eyes and I look at things with my yep. eyes. But, and, he, and he clearly says this only so that the guy who's in charge can stab him in an eye with a knife and then say after that, we'll keep an eye on the clock. Uh, and then he tosses the knife and the knife, like, with the eye impacts into the wall. Yeah. Which, which, why didn't he throw that at a clock, too? If we're going to go for the dumb setup for a line, why not keep your eye on the clock? And throw the eye at the clock. So yeah, just I saw it with my own eye. No, I'm sorry. That was I have to draw a fucking line. Everything else about this film, totally fine. That line delivery, I just I can't get behind it. Uh, I did like him shouting, "Hey, you got any books on devil worship in the library?" Yeah, that was that yeah, was a that nice was. moment. And then when he got the book, he like takes it back to Willie, and he's just like, "It was missed." It's like he's just like, "I got this at the library or something." He's like, "It was misfiled for years." Why does that? Like, I mean, just like a little bit of world building there, but there was totally unnecessary line. Yeah. Like, we um, don't, you, you ask for a book, you get a book. We don't need, <laughs> we don't need, need to know the backstory on the difficulty finding the book that we didn't get to see and which has no effect on the film whatsoever. Plus, Willie has probably seen this book a million times because he's a 200 year old Illuminati reptoid. And once again, the, 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 the tension between the idea of Willie as goofy friend and Willie as scheming overwatcher and it's just i don't know i don't know um but the, but i did appreciate that they did the standard let's read out loud and very coherently from a specific book on this subject that just happens all the information we need you know three pages in a row yeah it was very uh very, very wicker manny where uh you know you, you've got the exact illustration of what happened and what is going to happen yep uh it's like very very convenient um there's a oh jeez yeah at some point Willie just pops out like a, a straight up character analysis of Lou like just as some oh, of his goofy yeah well, like how did you know it was me uh, oh no no wait wait was was that like how did when when you know he wakes up there and he just like asks asks uh, Willie like how how did you know it was me and then he ends we he like gives a bunch of reasons and the end it's like also you were drunk so you know I, it was, I don't even remember exactly it might have been that it might have been somewhere else I don't it, it was it was shortly after the book thing actually and I just don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It just, it just, that was when I was starting to get that maybe this character is sort of just a proxy for one of the writers or something. Uh, the lose your gitch for science scene was funny. Had to look up what gitch was. Yeah, I, I just I took mean, it, it was for, clear. It was made yeah. pretty clearly by context, but I still had to look it up to make sure because yeah. I'd never heard that word. Before. I'd never heard it either. But uh, but the, the 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 patter there worked well for me. I thought that was you know one of the better comedy riffs in the in the film. Uh. There's a there's a poster at some point somewhere in maybe the the police office that says puppy poaching is a crime. I liked that. Just don't uh, don't poach those puppies. Um, 
Do you, uh, do you think nobody fired Lou because nobody else wants to be a cop in that town? I I think that might be part of it. I think part of it is that everybody apparently involved in crime in the town is also under the purview of the Illuminati, who are also the mayor and the sheriff. So, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm not convinced that there's anybody in this town besides Lou, Tina, the guy with a small dog who likes to spit, and the Illuminati that he murdered. I think that's uh, – everybody well, else in the, the- Everybody else in the town is just one of those three Illuminati people, including the uh, the teenagers that were yeah the, the guy yeah absolutely on. yes urine comes up several times in the film too, like he the, obviously the the pissing Wolfcock transformation scene later when he pisses on the graffiti kids uh, one of the redneck goons is pissing in the woods at some point. Um, I'm trying to. Marking yeah, of territory, of Angela brought that up as an idea. Like, you know, it's like the idea of territorial. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because they were like tagging, like, you know, they they were tagging the place with spray paint as like a, a, a territorial thing. And then he goes in there and he pees on them. Yeah. So. Uh, the, the, the confrontations between Tina and Jesse, completely terrible. Uh, like, that was like, oh, we yeah, established that, was, that there's like this icy relationship, but there's nothing... Like apparently Tina dislikes Jesse because Jesse works at the bar where Tina's dad used to work. I, I guess he owns that bar now. Well, yeah, well, yeah. When she's not busy being the mayor in a different skin, yeah. Which, as we established, hard to figure out exactly how that works. But, but yeah. So I guess Tina just is angry because of that because we're giving no other backstory on them. But it's icy cold, and I kind of feel like maybe it was just like, you know. Uh, again, someone was just like, hey, you know, it'd be great. It's like sort of a cat fight vibe. And then they sort of come back to that later, too. Uh, yeah, that did not. Uh, cheers, bitch, is like a perfectly lame button on that really unconvincing sort of setup. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That whole thing left me sort of like, no. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else notable that I can. I can remember the line. I'm just fucking with you, man. I'm a shapeshifter. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> if nothing else from sort yeah, of that. Whose, whose guys was he in before he turned into Willie? I couldn't tell. Was that the uh, Emmy? Yeah. The, the, the corner, which sort of makes sense for why Willie was waking up in the hearse at one point late in the film too. And I was like, wait, why the fuck is Willie in the hearse? And it turns oh, out, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Willie yeah. does get into the hearse and drive away. Like, I feel like, I feel like if we went back and watched this, I think we'd catch more things that were clear hints too. probably are lurking there. It's just, I, I, can't imagine caring you know it's that that's all of those aspects of the film are really unimportant to it there's nothing satisfying or interesting about the oh but they were actually foo the whole time thing because there's no there's no real development of most of those characters to get a sense of you know investment and and betrayal from in those discoveries like it's just again it's not it's not that serious of a film this is not you know a a thriller this is not a psychological thriller uh, in any sense, so it's the sort of thing that would be interesting in something that was, you know, actually doing some work on that ground. But in this case, it's more like I bet it's there, but it's like, eh, you know, no one's going to be like, my God, it was the biggest twist. You wouldn't believe it. The mayor was actually also the bartender. <gasps> you spoiled it for me, bro. You know, it's not, it's not a Vader is Luke's dad. By the way, Vader's Luke's dad. Ah, um, oh, come on. <laughs> So yeah. Also, the reptiles like that blunderbuss. What's with the blunderbuss? I mean, I, I guess the I idea that, that they're so be like old. A super gun. Like, like they had like a bunch of like weirdly uh, steam techy stuff. Like he had those like 
goggles that you know yeah, did yeah, not have any reason with like the the with like the lens adjustment on them, and they had like that that uh, lunar eclipse predictor, I guess, and, and you know the case. Yeah, that, that weird little thing. I guess that was. Yeah, we were wondering. Yeah, and what I mean, that like the too. blunderbuss fit in with that. Well, uh, and if they're old, guess... then like they'd have an old gun. I I can buy that as sort of like trying to hint at the longevity. But even then, like you know, and when it fired, it fired like you know, like a big blast. So maybe it was supposed to be like a super gun that was meant for specifically for hunting werewolves. Yeah, that was you know like a it's like a super blunderbuss because I mean like a regular blunderbuss, as far as I know, is like super inaccurate and just not in any way better than other guns we have now. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty much everything I had for it. I I, I feel like I didn't yeah. quite keep myself from from bitching as much as I had meant to, but at the same time, I think we haven't drug it out to two and a half hours of just we need to find more things to complain about. So I feel like that's yeah. we're making progress on that front. All in all, I don't regret watching it. Yeah, I, no, I, no, I, I definitely I enjoyed it. I I think I enjoyed it. I, I I didn't like. I'm not like my God. This was like an amazing movie. But I think the amount of like uh, I was kind of going into it with was completely shattered. So just like I started at a at a level of not enjoying it before I saw it, and now I'm at a level of enjoying it. But it's more than if I had started at zero. Yeah, yeah. I I think I got just about what I expected from it. Really, I think I I managed to peg my expectations approximately correctly. Like I, I think, you know, I was I was hoping it would be a little bit funnier in some ways, but I also was expecting it to be uh, a little bit more low budget in some ways. And so, you know, some of the practical effects stuff was actually kind of like it was. Yeah, yeah. There was I, plenty. I there's it. there's plenty of effects stuff that I could sort of like nod along to as a fan of that sort of thing. Like the type of stuff we've talked about plenty before, enjoying like seeing people coming up with ideas and putting them on the screen. I like that the, the, there was that here. There was more than this film needed to pull that off. Um, I don't know if it necessarily particularly makes it a better film for having more than it needed to be what it would have been just as well without any transformation stuff. But uh, at least it, it's I definitely some memorable stuff. I think the transformation stuff was like shitty or, or, you know, just like not well done or just done entirely off screen or, uh, you know, bad CGI. I think this movie would have suffered considerably for that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I will agree with that. I think I think they could have omitted some of it and still had about the same amount of movie, but uh, I think they did a good job with what they did include, and 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 I appreciate you know the fact that the the werewolf cock transformation scene will you know be an indelible yeah. mark on the genre. All else aside, um, and yeah, I don't know. I think that's that, that's about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's was, that's all I got. It was definitely a change from It Follows. It was definitely a palate cleanser as far as that goes. You know, I don't have any of the moody, contemplative, you know, aftershock vibes uh, from this film that I had from that. So you know, that's that's something. And uh, and yeah, we'll figure out what we'll, we'll do next fortnight. Uh, yeah. Yep. We um, had a couple ideas we were knocking around, but we'll we'll narrow yeah, that down. Yeah, and then people always send us ideas, and we're always open to people sending us ideas. Um, yeah, pop in on Facebook yeah. and say hello, yeah. make a suggestion. Yep. Uh, and yeah, well, okay, I think I think that's that. Uh, yep. I, we, I'm all the Tumblr. Out. Yeah, me too. We, we we got that Tumblr. We got that Twitter that I haven't been doing much with, but I probably will. Um, That'd be and, at you know, we the, the, the have Facebook. such films. Yeah, it's at we have such films. Where is it? 
Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, it was definitely something I, 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 I initially had it as like at W H S whatever yeah. the hell, and I'm just like, it's not no, a good I, acronym. It's, t- it's yeah, it's just I like to- if I. If I meet somebody somewhere and they're just like, oh, you know, it's like, hey, do you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, just, you know, hit that. It, we have such films instead of, okay, WH, <laughs> shit, hang on. Let me write this down by hand first. Let me, <laughs> counting it off on your fingers, basically. Yeah, this, this podcast does not have an easy to remember acronym. Yep. Um, yeah, okay. All right. So, uh, see you in two weeks, probably. Pleasure talking to you, sir. Uh,